Hello, hello! Welcome back to Loki's Librarian. I am your librarian, Katrina. If you are new here, welcome. This is where I am reading through the enormous library books that you see behind me, and then I give you a quick synopsis and I tell you what I think about them. So if you like books, just aren't sure what to read next, hit that subscribe button, like and share my videos, and let me know what you think in the comments. Now, after spending the last month with the Civil War, the American Civil War, I decided I needed a bit of a palate cleanser. Lucky for me, America's favorite working man, Mike Rowe, was advertising his mother's latest book up for sale, making this week's book of the week, Vacuuming in the Nude and Other Ways to Get Attention, by New York Times bestselling author Peggy Rowe. And uh, the accompanying cocktail is called The Naked Lady, which is a half ounce each of rum, vermouth, apricot brandy, grenadine, and lemon juice. So let's do this. Now, obviously, I knew Mike Rowe had a mother, because we all have mothers, right? We haven't quite gotten to Heinlein yet with my mother as a test tube and my father as a knife, or maybe I have that backwards, but whatever. We haven't quite gotten there. So I knew he had a mother. And I had seen some of his posts about the stuff she said to him. Um, I did not know she had already published two books. I must have missed those announcements. Facebook must have buried them in their algorithm. I have opinions about Facebook. None of them good, but here we go. However, I missed, well, I missed those first two books. I did, I have since ordered them, and this book, I saw the advertisement for and I went ahead and pre-ordered it and it was absolutely wonderful. I, I This book just was a very fast read and it was a delight to read. I mean, absolutely delightful. It's not quite an autobiography. Uh, I, I, there's uh, It has autobiographical elements, but it's not as strictly I was born in this year and then this and then this and then this happened. It's not quite linear. Uh, it's just, it's it's what I would call a slice of life book. And it's a slice of her life. It's how she sees the world and, and how she interacts with the world and the humor that she finds in it. She calls herself a humorist, and boy, is that accurate. She is hysterical. I, I just, I laughed so much reading this book. It was so much fun. But it's her story, basically, of how she came to be a first-time published author in her 80s. Um, I mean, it's not wholly unique. There are other people who have published books, first time works even, later than her. But it's her story of how she got there. And all her life, Peggy wrote. And she says that repeatedly throughout the book. Writers write. All right? If you are a writer, that's what you do. She raised a family of readers. All of her kids are readers. Her husband's a reader. But for her, the joy came in the telling of the story rather than in the reading of the story. So she wrote all her life. And she tried many times to get published, receiving in return a mountain of rejection letters. And yeah, but they're all kicking themselves now. And while telling us this, she's telling us her story. She's letting us peek into her world and with her fantastic sense of humor, which you can easily see was inherited by Mike, probably by all of her sons, and certainly her husband has to have a sense of humor because you really can't spend your life with somebody who loves to laugh if you don't yourself love to laugh. Or you can, but you both end up miserable, so what's the point? And since they're still married, I imagine that he is probably also a laugher. And while she's telling us her story, she's sharing some of the stories that she has written over this lifetime. Uh, stories within stories. And it's all with this kind of tongue-in-cheek humor that kind of left me either laughing or crying, depending on what the story was that was being told. And, and there was kind of no in-between. I either laughed or I cried. There, there was no in-between on this one. So this will necessarily be kind of a short review because I don't want to be telling what her stories are. I want you to buy the book and read the stories for yourself because 
it's that fun. It's just a fun book. But some of the key lessons that I took away from this book are, are this. All right, so first off, a lot of people who say they are writers are not writers, all right? Writers write. It, you can say you're a writer all you like, but if you don't, unless you actually sit down and put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, you know, whatever you're, you know, whether you're physically writing or you're typing it out, you have to be doing something to get words to paper. If you're not getting words to paper, you're not really a writer, no matter how much you say you are. And that's just a fact, right? Hmm. Apricot brandy is quite tasty. Grenadine. So you have to you have to make the effort. You have to actually do the work. I feel like there's a really really short book that essentially says exactly that. Do the work, and then you'll be a writer. Understand all of that was my opinion. Nowhere in there does Peggy actually say that. She doesn't say that if you're not writing, you're not a writer. That's just the message that I got from it. And I'm just, and and I, my rant about that was just. I'm thinking about people that I personally know and social media accounts that I follow of would-be writers who all say, oh, I'm a writer, but I'm having this and I'm having this. And look, being published does not make you a writer. As Peggy says over and over again, writers write. So you don't have to be published. All you have to do is write to be a writer. I mean, you do have to find your audience, even if it's not a paying one, even if your audience is just you. Maybe you're not somebody who's writing for external consumption, but you're writing a, a daily journal just so you can remember and reflect on your life. You're st then you are, yes, a writer. I would not say I'm a writer because this is not something that I am drawn to do. I'm a reader. I think that's fairly obvious. I think. Maybe not. Um, so there are, okay. So with that in mind, there actually there are two stories that I want to go over. I just realized that this is not the best measuring cup for the lemon because I'm going to get lemon juice everywhere. I need to clean my office anyways. This is why I wear jeans. I mean, I wear pretty t-shirts, but I also wear jeans so I can wipe the extra alcohol and lemon juice onto my pants. So the two stories that I do want to share, and I'm not going to like read them or do word for word, just kind of give you a quick synopsis of them from the book. Both of them were from writers' conventions that Peggy attended. One, where a pre presenter says, sharing your work isn't important. The important thing in writing is to feel fulfilled. Okay, unless you're doing the journaling that I just mentioned, as Peggy's husband said in the book, hogwash, which is true, right? Most people are not writing for the audience of themselves. Most people want to reach a larger audience, even if it's just your family. Even if all you're doing is writing the family memoir, which my great, great uncle Diggs, my dad's father's brother, yeah, he wrote the family, yes, <laughs> my, I think it was my, my dad's father's brother. He wrote our family memoir, like literally traced our family tree back to, you know, whatever cave we crawled out of in, in Africa or wherever and told our family story in a memoir. And the, consume, the consumers for this are meant to be the family, and that's our family story. That's the audience he was writing for. So there's an audience there, right? It's your family audience. Let me shake this. Now, if you're a journalist and it's all for you, there's nothing wrong with that. All right, like I said, part audience of one is great. If, if it's just for your personal life, there. I mean, historically, we wouldn't know what we know about the Revolutionary War if we didn't have the avid journalism of uh, John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. So there's nothing wrong with writing for yourself. But if you're looking for a large audience, know your audience. If you're looking to write your family memoir for your family, great, that's your audience. Make sure it's going to be entertaining and appealing to your audience of your family. Now, generally, most people who are writing 
want a larger audience, all right? If you want that broader appeal, it gets a little bit harder. Um, and that's where the other story comes into play. Oh my God, it's like fruit punch. That just tastes like fruit punch. That is dangerously delicious, holy cow. I'm very glad I got my day job done for the day because there's no way I could work after this. Now, the other story was from another writer's convention. It may, I think it was a different writer's convention. But one of the panels that Peggy attended was hosted by an editor for one of the publishing houses who explained what happens when you send in your manuscript without an introduction. And by intro, they don't mean a cover letter. They mean have a specific editor you're contacting and a letter of recommendation from an author who's represented by that publishing house. Without those things, your manuscript essentially gets binned. And at the end of the month, the publishing house then has a get together where they process all the binned manuscripts with form letters thanking the hopeful authors for their attempt. Basically, it doesn't even get read. It gets thrown into this big pile of rejects, sight unseen. Needless to say, this was a profoundly discouraging thing for all the hopeful authors in the room, including Peggy, who at this point was ready to leave. Only because they had driven quite a ways to get there, her husband John said, no, we're not leaving yet. We're going to enjoy this convention. So John dragged her back in only to find out that a poem she had submitted for a contest at the convention had won. It's two steps back and one step forward. It's kind of a reverse cha-cha. And then she'll share the poem she wrote. And the entire book is like this, where she'll explain the background behind why she chose a specific story for inclusion into the book. And everything is just delightful to read. And then she'll share the story, and then after the poem, she heard from a friend about a horse magazine that was looking for submissions, so she put in a story for that, and that got published. This, incidentally, is not uncommon. There are many authors, well-known authors today, who got their start writing for magazines. Uh, Michael Malice famously said that he started writing for an exotic fish publication. Larry Correa has started with articles for a gun magazine. So these are published, known people. But... If you're going straight book, you don't want to start with the magazines. Okay, nothing wrong with that. People dream big. Seriously, and there's nothing wrong with dreaming big. All right, I'm not trying to belittle that in any way, shape, or form. You need to dream big to keep yourself motivated. But if you don't have the published author connection to introduce you to the publishing house, how do you make the leap from hopeful writer to published editor? Well, Peggy initially actually had Mike took her manuscript for her first book about my mother to somebody he knew in the publishing world who read it and basically said, no, we're not interested. And I think his reason for it is he didn't think it would sell because it's not a novel with a, a definitive beginning, middle, and end. It doesn't have, there's no villains, there's no bad guys, there's no dragons being slain, metaphorical or otherwise. It's just a story about her relationship with her mother. It's its a slice of life story, which most editors don't know what the heck to do with this. What do you do with somebody's life? How do you publish that? How do you know it's gonna be interesting to people? And I get that that's a scary leap to make for a lot of publishers. So he sent it back and said, no, we don't want it. Well, then Mike actually read the manuscript and said, mom, this is great. I think this needs to be published. I'm gonna look into self-publishing this. And that is a 100% valid way to go. I know absolutely nothing about publishing, self-publishing or otherwise. I do follow the aforementioned Larry Correa's um, podcast, uh, Writer's Dojo, which is all about writing and how to get published. 
they haven't yet had the self-publishing edition, but they've talked about it. I know they have authors they plan to bring on who do strictly self-publishing. So if this is something you're interested in, I would highly recommend it. I'm going to get off that tangent and get back to the book of the week here because Mike Rowe looked into self-publishing. The 10,000 copies he initially ordered immediately sold out, which brought the publishing houses calling. Not uncommon. All right, Larry Correa famously self-published Monster Hunter International to rave reviews, massive sales, and was immediately given a contract for banned books. So self-publishing is very definitely a way to get yourself seen and heard by the publishing houses. And now we have three books by Peggy Rowe, of which Vacuuming in the Nude is the third installment. And it was so good. Seriously, I, I laughed, I cried, I paused to think about how publishing has become complacent in the refusal to take a risk with a new author, which is horrifying. Um, makes the self-publishing route more viable because once you prove you have an audience, the publishing houses want their cut. And I get that that sounds really cynical, right? I mean, it does. It sounds cynical. There's no way about it. No two ways about it. It sounds cynical. Once you get the publishing contract, they truly do have the connections to get your book before an even larger audience. So there's a reason why people who self-publish will make the leap to a publishing house, all right? And it's because they'll reach a broader audience and you can garnish even more sales with a, a, an established publishing house behind you versus self-publication route. And, and I get it too, for the publishers, I do. Because there is a very definite risk in taking a leap of faith on a new author. Uh, like I said, how do you market a slice of life book? How do you market that to people? How do you know that's something anybody would even be interested in? Uh, and clearly we are. People people like that connection. They, they like to hear other people's stories. And I think that's what publishers forget is that people genuinely, most people, most of us, the vast majority of people like people, all right? And they might say they hate people, but if you get them like one-on-one -on -one with somebody, they're completely cool with it. And they like to talk to people. They like to hear each other's stories, all right? Most people might start with, hey, nice day we're having, but eventually it's, oh, what do you do for a living? And then suddenly you're getting somebody's life story. And that's all a slice of life book is, is somebody's story, all right? I think I saw an internet meme about a library in Europe, I don't know, Germany, Sweden, something, where you could basically check out a person and you sit down and just listen to them tell their life story. And that's all this is, is she's telling her story. She's telling specific chapters of her story. She's telling you about her mother. She's telling you about her husband. She's telling you how she got published and how her family helped her do that. We are very lucky that Peggy had Mike because Mike loves his mom. And because of that, <laughs> he self-published her book and now we have three of them from her. I cannot recommend this book enough. It was really good. It, it gave some quick feels. Like I said, I laughed, I cried. There are some words of wisdom on how to keep trying, how to find your cheer squad, you know, how to find the humor throughout life's slings and arrows. And it makes it worth reading. It, it makes that human connection is worth finding always, especially in a world where everything gets more and more divisive by the day. Connect with people. And that's what she tells you to do, basically. So that's it for this week. Thank you very much for watching. I will see you guys later. Bye.